This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC, San Diego, URSA 2019. I have the pleasure of having the chief operating officer with one of the cleanest resumes of all time, similar to my father. Not too many jobs and only the good ones and the good people stay. Mark Miller, welcome to Halo Talks. Pete, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Great. So, um, you know, we, we've known each other through through other people in the industry for a long time. Merit's always been, a, you know, a bellwether of, you know, respectful club chain in uh, in, in your markets. And uh, yeah, I'd say, you know, middle market to higher end yeah. experience. That's and, exactly um, right. You know, it's always been... Uh, well respected, and uh, obviously part of that's because of your work as the COO and building the culture and the foundation. So, um, you know, what I want to do today is uh, have people understand one what it takes to build a real business, two some of your operational uh, learnings and uh, and the way you manage uh, the company, and then talk about you know the place that Merit is in the market and why that's going to continue to be the way it is, and we're not going to be uh, it's not just going to be. Uh, laundromats that have equipment in it and uh, and a couple of boutiques. So, why don't you fire perfect. away with uh, yeah, fire away and talk about your background and how you got into the industry and uh, why you're going to retire from the industry directly. And you're not going to do anything else in your life. No, definitely <laughs> not. No, I love this industry. Uh, so, I started back in God, 19. Well, I don't want to date myself too much, but it was back in 1990. Uh, estimate. Yeah. Estimate. In the 90s, yeah, it's early in the 90s. 90s yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, i gone to college and all that forward and, you know, played sports my whole life, got injured and wanted to make a difference in helping people get healthier. So I spent years on that end of the spectrum. And then mm-hmm. I met Roger Ralph, um, who had built the Bel Air Athletic Club and one of the greatest clubs out there and owners and everything and just a great mentor. And he really kind of put that philosophy into my head of, you know, the business can take care of people and, you know, you can make a difference in people's lives and all that. And so that's kind of where the journey started. Gotcha. And then I kind of moved on from there to, um, you know, Merit 19 years ago and, you know, worked with Terry Dizzuti for a while as a mentor and, you know, recently kind of took over the last couple of years as the COO. And the ownership group there is just unbelievable. And Leroy Merritt, who started the club, he started it very similar to Roger and it was always about people. Uh-huh. You know, and it was about just you do the right thing, you take care of people, and the business takes care of itself. And so from that moment on, it was just kind of like, you know, this industry can change people's lives if we choose to do it that way. Right. And uh, how many locations are you up to now? So we have nine locations. Then we have a management division. So we have two outdoor management pools. We have four corporate fitness centers that we manage. And then obviously we, you know, we build and all that. But then on the other side of the company, we're a real estate and a construction. So, right. you know, we tie back into some of their projects, um, any of the corporate centers that they're building and all that, we automatically put fitness centers in Interesting. and all that. So it's really kind of a nice marriage on everything. That's great. So, um, you know, when you started as a COO, you know, how many clubs did you have? And like, how did you, um, you know, were you one of those uh, crazy entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurial operators like, like I am, where like, I got to go and touch everything and I got to touch as many times as possible and coach everybody up as often. And how is that, that changed over time as you kind of built the team? Yeah. So actually that's an interesting thing. So I used to kind of be like that. Like, you know, I I like to be in the field. I like to be in the trenches with all that. Um, And, you know, Rob, who's one of our owners, Rob Merritt, he kind of came to me and said, look, if you're really going to grow us and we're going to get to the next level and all that, there's got to be stuff that you do that you don't even know about. You know, you got to just let your people do it because you hire Mm -hmm. good people and you let them do the job that they're hired on. And that frees you up to focus on the important things. Yeah. And so, you know, that's given us the opportunity over the last couple of years to really go in. And then we really kind of sat down and looked at it and said, 
you know, we were, we started off as old racquetball courts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were starting to eliminate racquetball courts and we wanted to expand and we wanted to really move, like you said earlier, into the high end, you know, we're the middle market, but we wanted to be the high end middle market all the way up to the high end. So we have some clubs that are $109 a month. And then our other ones fit, fit around that $79. But we mm-hmm. said, look, you know, we're here to stay in that market. We're not looking to leave. We think that's a great demographic. We think that we're going to be building more clubs for it. And so we, we started making some major investments to really modernize the facilities. You know, we just recently built a uh, rooftop pool on top of an eight-story parking garage that is like Vegas-esque. Well, um, two leisure in pools. In Baltimore? Yeah, in Baltimore. It's closer than going to Vegas. So, uh, yeah. Hey, for 109 uh, a month, you might as well just sign up for a membership. It'll cost you uh, less than going to Vegas and some bottle service yeah. at the MGM uh, pool, right? <laughs> or what you lose in one round of craps on the yeah, table, exactly. right? Exactly. Well, know? I don't play that anymore. But yeah, it sounds so. Um, so as, as you look at these opportunities, and, and, and when you're talking about renovations, you know, when you look at the racquetball clubs and you look at, at each one of the racquetball courts, like, what are those now inside? Like, what's racquetball court number one, two, three? Are they, would you retrofit those into? Just so, give people an idea of, like, yeah, what so, it used to be to what it is now. <laughs> so we took out one, and we expanded the entire cardio area and opened it up and put, you know, equipment downstairs so that people didn't even have to walk upstairs, made it just more convenient. Okay. You know, and they could do more of the hit-style workouts, so they could do a circuit and then we jump back on a piece of equipment and all that. And then the other racquetball court that we took out, we just turfed the whole thing and just made it into a fun, functional playground with tanks and TRX straps, medicine balls. People could throw it against the wall and just, cool. you know, cool place just to throw stuff. And then, um, you know, with, with these renovations, are those things that are – how how much work are you doing on, like, saying, all right, here's what strategically – your gut says, here's, like, what our – GM says, here's what the manager says, here's what um, the members say, you know, here's like a strategic plan. How much do you do based on like gut versus data or surveys? Or you uh, say like, look, I'm going to lead with this and I know what's what, been doing this long enough. Yeah, it's probably about 50-50 to be honest with you. You know, some of it is just you, you go out to other clubs and you experience different things. And, you know, I belong to the Rex Roundtables and we share ideas and you just come right. back and you go, oh, you know, I got to put that in my club. And that's just gut. You know, you're just going off of gut and borrowing the best ideas out there. But then there's other times that you sit down with your GMs and say, hey, look, what what's the members saying? What do the members want? What's our, you know, what are we getting from our surveys? And, you know, what should we really start to cater to? And, it, you know, some of it even becomes operational. You know, like, are we turning people out of classes that we need to build bigger studios? And if mm-hmm. that's the case, then we better build it, you know, or some of it becomes in response to. You know, like you had said earlier, you get a boutique or that coming in and we're like, well, wait a minute, you know. Yeah, we could do that. Right? We could do that. And yeah. we got we got the square footage to do that. We're 50, 60,000 square foot clubs. Why don't we just put it in? Yeah, I feel like um, I feel you know, a lot of people come to us who are investors and say, OK, I only want to invest in like uh, Planet Fitness or an Arch Theory. I'm like, OK, first of all, they don't have daycare at either one of those. OK, I- they don't really have locker rooms that, you know, people want to go to and they don't have uh you know, group X that you can go to all day long, you know, for an unlimited price of a membership. So, you know, everybody's got their place in the market. Hopefully the market continues to grow, which it will. Oh yeah. Um, but how do you, um, how do you use like the, what the boutiques are doing and basically say, okay, look, I'm going to track it. I'm going to see what they're doing. I'm going to understand what the special sauce is. Cause that's been in this industry 19 right. years. Like, you know, you might have a special recipe, but like, I'll look at it long enough and I'll know what it is. Right. And then I'll just take it and I'll pull it in. And that's, you know, some of these models might work. And the other ones, like, you know, I'd say, I'd argue that, a, you know, a CrossFit, 
you know, used to have like a special sauce until you took a racquetball court out and basically said, okay, I got my own CrossFit now. Right, exactly. Um, you know, and then I got like this really awesome spin <laughs> class and like, you know, go try and replicate what I got. Right. You know, so how do you think about or, or like, how, you know, what kind of tentacles do you have up versus just, you know, in ordinarily have up that you're like, look, I'm, I'm going to track certain things and when I'm ready, I'll put it in. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because back like in the Civil War days, they used to have these... Uh, you know, the um, infantry that would kind of go out yeah. and they were like scouts. Right, so sure. they'd go out and like scout the area and then they'd come back and tell you like where everyone was. And so we kind of took that same concept and said, look, who are our scouts? And so we started talking to our staff and our members and said, hey, look, go work out there. Go try it out. See what they have. Come back. Talk to us. Let us know what happens. And I like it. And what they would do is they'd come back and say, look, they have really killer music or you know the lighting is incredible and the feel and they do this simple thing when you come in it's like experiential and then they kind of build this tribe in this crazy community and they high five people and all that and so then we just said okay well look we could do that we could put lighting in we could put great sound systems in let's just upgrade all that stuff so that we make sure we have it and then we take our rock stars who we think are the best staff and right. we say look you know go kill it you know, go and create an experience that no one else creates and all that. And we'll take care of you for it. And we want to reward you for it. And, you know, and then, you know, we try to create that cult effect, you know, that they all seem to have as their sure. secret sauce. Yeah. And look, I mean, you know, a couple of them, I think are, are here, here to stay, you know, I, I think Orange Theory's done a great job and I got mad respect for those guys. Um, you know, but there are these other concepts that one don't understand about, you know, marketing, they don't understand about lead gen, they don't understand about, you know, keeping a member and, and, and keeping them happy and giving them, a breadth of uh, different options. So, you know, you're not going to go to a boutique, you know, six or seven days a week and you're no. not going to pay that amount. So how do you think about, you know, your place in the world and how does the family, you know, that, that started the business say, look, there's noise all the time. Like this industry is effectively like in the rational development category, right? <laughs> you know, so let, let's just take that and like put it on the shelf and be like, okay, that's life. Now, We've been around for 30 years, or we're going to be around for another 30 if we choose to, you know, on right. our own under the Merritt Athletic Club. So how do you think about, you know, approaching the, the family? Because you're obviously, you know, managing up yep, yeah. to, to people that are, you know, going to, going to spend a certain amount of capital. Um, where you say, like, okay, look, I'm going to basically do this amount of research. I'm going to have my scouts in the field, and I'm going to be like, don't worry. Like, don't worry about Planet Fitness. Don't worry about all these other concepts. Like, we might be down a little, but like on average, things always come back. Like it's right. not the new restaurant in town anymore. Yeah. You know, so how do you, how do you kind of, I'm throwing a lot out at you. So tell yeah. me what, how you manage up and how you manage around. So, so let me attack it from a couple different ways. So right, one I apologize way. for no, the no, no, uh, complex <laughs> question. <laughs> That's all right. I think my brain can process it. Um, if not, I'll just make the stuff up as I go. Yeah, um, fire away. I'll call you out on it if I feel like it. <laughs> um, but you're right. So we take things like an Orange Theory, who we respect a lot, and we say, look, what do they do that's so well, you know, and how do we make it so that we become the next step for them? Mm -hmm. You know, because we agree with you. Not everyone's going to kind of use that, but we want to be that opportunity when the person gets done with them and says, you know what, I want something new. Okay, now come to Merit. Right, and then right, vice right. versa. You know, if we're not going to be the right place for them, maybe we're going to move them to somebody. But we know that that cycle is going to come back. So like you said, every time a new competitor comes in, we know we're going to lose 200, 300 people. Right. But we also know within one or two years they're going to come back because the culture that we've created, 
and the way we take care of people and our service and all that is going to bring people back. Um, and so our owners, it's really interesting. We've kind of over the years, myself and Rob and Scott, who are two, the two main guys, what we've kind of done is we've looked at it and we said, let's stop competing with everyone else in the industry. Let's stop trying to fight with the planet. Let's stop trying to fight with a crunch. Yep. Let's think about where people are consuming and how they're behaving. And then let's figure out how we go after that. And we create something that's different and unique. And so for us, we want to look out and see, you know, take a hotel, right? How are they taking care of their members? How are they designing and all that? Okay, great. Then that's how we need to be behaving. We need to be looking at other places. I think that's a good segue into pricing, okay? And like, um, you know, I'll go out to lunch in, uh, in Manhattan. I can't buy like a turkey sandwich and like, you know, uh, uh, and, a, and a drink for less than like 16 <laughs> bucks, right? And then it's like, oh, you get this membership or you take this class or whatever. And I'm like, this is completely underpriced. Like, right. like we're giving a lot of value to the member. We're not getting any of it for providing the service. So how do you think about pricing and promotions and like, you know, the, the urge to like say like, all right, we might have lost 200 members. Let's, you know, go get them back based on price. Because one of the guys I used to work for, he'd say, look, once you give up price, you never get any back. So, yeah. like, just don't go there because it's a dangerous spiral. So, we just, we made the decision a few years back that we were just going to stop. Just not even do any of that anymore. Uh-huh. And so, we also studied it, though. And what we found was when we did those discounts whether it be the dollar enrollments or the zero joins and all that, yeah. that we got, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but we got the crap yeah. members. You know, the members that would come in, they would use mm-hmm. our pools for the summertime, then quit, go to bad debt, we're chasing them. We're not getting anything for it, but yet they've used our pools for the whole summer. And so we just finally said, look, you know what? If you went to the Ritz-Carlton, Ritz-Carlton ain't discounting any of their rates. Exactly, you know? exactly. And so we said, look, if we're going to play the high-end market, then we're not going to discount. And, you know, we're going to be for some people, but the other people we're not going to be for. And that's OK, because we want the people who are going to actually pay for it and value the service, like you said. So um, in, in closing here, talk a little bit about what you're doing to, to act more like the Ritz-Carlton. So, like, I go to Ritz-Carlton and, like, I'll check in. I don't go there that often, by the way. So, like, I'm not, I don't want <laughs> I don't people either. to think, like, I'm like, uh, like uh, I like to hit the Hilton. Higher brow. That's what yeah, I hit the Hilton. I might hit, like, uh <laughs> You know, like an A-loft for one nineteen exactly. a night off of Hotels.com <laughs> on my free night. Exactly. Um, one out of 11. Um, how do you think about, you know, gathering data? Not just like gathering data, but just gathering like who someone is. And, and the reason why I asked you this is because somebody had like 300 members in, a, in this studio. And I'm like, and they're telling me what the data says. And I'm like, bro. Tell me what the people say. Right. I don't care what the data. You only have 300 people to like talk to the 300 people. Right. Don't like analyze the data on 300. It's like small enough sample set. How do you think about like getting feedback, listening, understanding who, you know, what's going on versus like looking at a spreadsheet? We're like you. I hate looking at spreadsheets. I'm a phys ed guy. Oh, you know, okay. I started in this industry being a trainer, being out on the floor, talking to people and all that. Uh-huh. I don't want to sit behind a desk and talk to people or look at numbers and all that. So it's like, look, the best information you're gonna find is when you're out front talking to a person mm-hmm. um, and you're, you know, you're looking at them and you're getting their insp- expressions and seeing how their body language is and you're, you know, you're having a conversation with them versus looking at a piece of paper that says, you know, hey, 10 people joined because you charged a dollar versus right. going out there and say, hey, why did you really join? Like, what brought you into the club today? And so for us, it's all about people. We start with people, we start with our employees. And, you know, we start with how we teach people, how we train them, how we hire them. It's all about the right character and all that and doing the right thing. And then it's about selecting the right members who are just about people. And then it's taking care of them. Right. And we feel if we do all that stuff right, the numbers just take care of themselves behind the scenes. That's great. 
Well, uh, Mark, I'm glad we had a chance to get on the show here. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm glad that uh, now I know that there's a uh, that there's a pool on the eighth floor that I can go to when I get down to uh, down to your area. And, Vegas, uh, and it's got killer drafts. There's yeah, man, 18 of them and on. I get down there on the on the Acela, <laughs> so I might be there for uh, maybe I'll buy a 109 membership, keep myself out of the Vegas DMA. You know, we might <laughs> actually let you come in for the day. All right, that's cool. I appreciate the guest pass. Hey, um, but listen, great work. Um, you know, it proves that you know longevity in a company helps build a real foundation. And a culture. Appreciate that. And um, yeah, we look forward to continuing to uh, to see your success. And uh, you know, we'll hopefully be one of your little scouts out in the field and tell you what's going on, what we see, um, what we like. I would love that. Thank All you right, so man. much. All, All right, man. Thank you. you. Thanks, buddy.